0: or contact your local office and get started on your path to success today. This is Small Biz Florida, the podcast and
1: broadcast that's all things business across the Treasure Coast and the entire state of Florida. I am Tom Kindred, your host for Small Biz Florida. And as those know who tune in on a regular basis, our show is all about small business, celebrating entrepreneurial success, talking about best practices. And we have got the right guest uh, today uh, to talk about all those uh, relative issues with small business. We've got our very good friend, uh, Jack Chatham, who is with CBiz, uh, the 10th largest accounting firm in the country. Uh, Jack, thank you for taking time out. And thank you for taking uh, the time to spend with us here on Small Biz Florida.
2: Mr. Ken uh, thank
1: you so very much for having me. It's a pleasure all to right. be with you um jack as i always do uh with guests and i can't wait to get into the conversation with you you've uh you've always got good insight into what's going on across the treasure coast in terms of of business and uh, Mm -hmm. the marketplace uh so i'm anxious to get in the conversation but as we always do uh let's just start with a little bit of your background and uh your pathway to um to cbiz you bet
2: well thanks again um I've been in South Florida now for 17 years. Uh, I actually live down in Delray Beach, but as you and I both know, I sort of ply my trade up in the Treasure Coast more and more so. Um, I've got 30 plus years in business, B2B professional services primarily, in all aspects of sales, marketing, brand building, and the like, which is a fancy way of saying uh, the work that I've done over the career... And uh, what I focus on now is really being an advocate for clients and helping them grow uh, in any way, shape or form that they can. And even if it's through services that my firm sells directly, and then I can help facilitate, or even better sometimes, if just as a relationship guy, I turn clients on to other professional relationships that may fit better for them, uh, meaning a change in banking relationship a new lawyer, um, something with respect to estate planning, as a part of their, uh, you know, uh, their, their firms and their, their, their families' business strategies uh, holistically. So uh, that's, that's Jack Chatham in a nutshell.
1: Nice. I appreciate it. Um, Now let's talk a little bit about CBiz. Uh, You know, before we kind of went on the air, you, um, you reminded me that CBiz, uh, an accounting firm is the 10th, now the 10th largest accounting firm uh, in the country. Did, Did I get that right?
2: Yeah, woohoo! And or also, who cares, right? <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, no. All joking aside, right? I mean, it it, it is what it is. I, I'm I'm privileged to work with really good, smart people. Uh, myself, I, you know, the jury's still out as to whether or not I'm included in it. But invariably, it's really smart people uh, who, if you will, like me, worked at the big firms, the big globals that everybody knows your PwCs of the world, your Deloitte's, your Ernst and Young, KPMGs you know, those companies that, of course, have their names emblazoned across some professional golfer's hat or on his, his or her lapel. Um, I work at a firm that's a couple of tiers down below that. And what's in it for you and your audience really is uh, CBiz as an organization, um, the background is that it was actually founded by Wayne Huizinga. Uh If you want to call him sort of the ultimate entrepreneur, the guy decided that he was going to create an accounting, uh, financial services firm. You know, as, as I may have told you offline, we also do employee benefits insurance brokerage. We do property and casualty insurance. We do retirement plan services. We do payroll. We do you know pretty much anything that you could you know think about in in terms of uh, financial services other than law, other than investment banking. Um, you know Cbiz is really built for entrepreneurs and for you know family owned growth oriented businesses yeah we work with a handful of publicly traded companies here and there but but really my daily mo is to work with Joan Smith the owner of ABC widget company to help her her executive team and her family you know look at how they take ABC widget to the next level And then ultimately, what is, you know, beg the question, what is it that you want to do with this business and why? And of course, how do we look over that horizon, not only now, but five years, 10, 25 years from now and plan for that? Uh, Holistically, I I keep using that same word because it's important, because it really does mean having not only the, the CPA at the table, who's also sort of labeled that, quote, unquote, key trusted advisor, but also having the bankers, having the insurance professionals, having the personal financial advisor, the attorneys, everybody around that boardroom table, advising you know the the owner and you know collectively coming up with the best strategies to help her achieve her goals. Um, oh. you know it, accounting is accounting is accounting. I, I I don't want to make light of it, but look let's just be honest, it's literally accounting for what's already happened. It's taking the the, the stuff, the the general ledger things, the the inventory counts, the whatever, it's putting it into a general ledger. It's putting it all of the different language of business that ultimately, you know, the sausage gets made and we bang out tax returns or we bang out what's called audited financials and the like. And who uses that? Well, banks use it to decide whether or not they're going to give you more money. Uh, The IRS uses it to find out how much they charge you, you know, for being a successful entrepreneur. you know, and then you've got investors, suppliers, customers, and everybody else uses it. It's the language of business. And it's just sort of the template that everybody agrees is what's there to use to measure the success uh, or current state of ABC widget company. But that's a snapshot in time for now or for what's already happened. As right. far as I'm concerned, and what I do is work with business owners and all of those other you know, vendors, suppliers, whatever you want to call them, to look over the horizon and to figure out Okay well we may do something from a tax standpoint today that seems expedient but you know what it really really you know it, it hampers us for what we want to achieve 3 to 5 years from now so having those broad open conversations you know you can label us as being the top 10 accounting firm but really if i'm putting a bow on it we're in it we're a team of advisors financial and accounting and financial and business advisors to help our com- our clients grow their business you know make as much money as they can um, and ultimately exit the business with whatever strategy they want to do. So sorry for the long-winded answer, but that's kind of the backstory.
1: Well, no, it's a great answer, and you touched on, frankly, all the important elements of business. And and um, if it, I, I want to just touch on a couple of things, you said. Number one, I, I was always uh, a fan of, of Wayne Huizinga and, and his entrepreneurial. Endeavors and innovative thinking and entrepreneurial mindset. So I, you know, uh, it, it makes sense now that that he was uh, one of the founders for your firm. And then I, again, yeah. I, I, I love the fact that you talked about, you know, accounting really being that that look backwards and we, we actually teach that concept in in entrepreneurship that accounting really is is the look backwards. Uh accounting is not planning to your point. Planning is that looking forward. And yep. I, I I really love the the way you talked about uh that's really that's really the the important stuff about the business, um, you know, looking forward, what's over the horizon, how do we plan? What is our, what is our exit strategy? What is the end game? How do we grow the business? So incredible stuff, uh, Jack, uh, in, in fact, I, uh, listen, uh, we, we're going to have more conversations, uh, now that I know all that you do that that's good stuff. You you bet. Um, so um, let's talk about with with what you do and what Cbiz does. Kind of uh, give us your thoughts, really. Um, what are you seeing uh, in 2023? What what um, what are you hearing from from those that uh, that deal with the the leading edge indicators in your business uh, in terms of small business and optimism, or or unfortunately maybe pessimism moving forward in 23. Yeah, uh,
2: thanks for the question. So I'm I'm going to preface it by, you know, we've got uh, a week coming up now. We've got uh, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, as you know, uh, I'm Irish. And uh, what that means is that I'm kind of hopelessly romantic, optimistic uh, whether or not I can help it. Um, you know, as a relationship person and also just how I'm hardwired, I'm I'm always looking at that glass as being, you know, half Full. I'm. I'm really looking towards the horizon and the good stuff. What I'm getting at is, I realize that I've got a little bit of rose-colored glasses, but it is tempered. Um, look, at the end of the day, we've got some real situations and some real issues, primarily in the blue-collar arena. And you and I are going to talk a little bit more about manufacturing. I hope, just even based on our personal professional networking, um, and I respect and understand that. I would say that, you know, yours truly, as well as my firm, Cbiz. We started putting thought into where we were as an economy over the last couple of years, looking towards the horizon of where we're going to be. Now that means the shock of COVID and how that hit all of us. It's really, you know, bopped up, bopped us upside the head. And, you know, how do we adjust to that? Well, then shortly thereafter, you know, the 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 issues of global trade and everything and just the supply chain really sort of also gave us a surprise and shock that many of us weren't prepared for. And I had clients who were really lean on inventory that really got behind the eight ball and then all of a sudden completely, totally overcompensated and had warehouses stacked to the, you know, to the rafters of inventory that basically was overkill. So the pendulums in these economic situations kind of swing back and forth, you know, all the time. And, and business owners, of course, are keen on that. So I think anybody in your audience knows and understands that they deal with what they're dealing with today at the end of the month, this quarter, this year, and they try to do the best that they can and just simply adapt because business plans are constantly dynamic and they're constantly changing. I would say that even though, again, I do have the rose-colored glasses, from a banking standpoint, from my conversations with my key centers of influence dating as far back as last fall in, in Q4, they were already signaling that they were expecting to tighten their belts and tighten their credit you know sort of uh, committee standards and everything leading into this year just simply because there were enough economic headwinds as well as predictors and you know the analytics and everything that they look at that was suggesting that was going to come. Well, brother, that has really, really come to the fore now. So if we're using just even banking and getting new lines of credits and other types of things as a, as a bellwether of how the economy is doing, you know, banks are leading edge indicators because, of course, they really want to uh, make sure that they don't overextend themselves. Now, of course, we all know the story; they oftentimes do overextend themselves, but that's another story. I would say that from the, just the general conversation that I'm having with my clients, and the, the and again, I may be biased because we typically on we typically focus and work with growth oriented clients. They are still signaling growth. They are not signaling recession. They are not signaling signaling a downturn in their own business. They are simply signaling a slowdown in their business, meaning instead of 10% growth, it's 4% growth and alike. Um, And they're sort of planning for that. Is that giving you a sense of sort of where I'm at and, and yeah. where Seab is? Look, yeah. I, and you know, I'll, I'll tell you from a macro standpoint as as that. Let's go back to that. The tenth largest firm in the nation. Well, what does that mean to the audience who really cares? Well, it just means that we're a national firm with some thirty two offices around the country. That South Florida is just sort of a snapshot of one part of the overall macroeconomic situation. You know, we've got data and we've got inputs from all around the country, from Detroit to Phoenix to Seattle and all points in between and we have if anybody went to our website they would see that we've got an entire thing on our website that really focuses on you know agility and excellence as we call it mastering a slow growth economy now these are business growth strategies again not necessarily uh cash flow recommendations with respect to tightening the belt and you know uh, moving all of your expenses you know to the 0% interest credit card or, or what have you but more sort of, okay, knowing and understanding we're in a slower growth economy, how do we reposition, you know, the firm, our use of human capital, our use of, you know, our purchase of, of inventory, or maybe even using third-party resources to deploy things like you know, buying accounts receivable and, and having cash on hand, uh, as opposed to sort of stretching it out and, and hoping that our, our clients and our suppliers pay us and vice versa.
1: So I'm rambling on, but that's kind yep. of the perspective. Okay. Um, I heard optimism in there. Uh, so, uh, and and when we certainly appreciate that, I guess you know because and you just touched on it because Cbiz um, is a national firm. You you've got offices across the country. You've got perspective. Uh, I will also assume that that um, Cbiz probably. Uh, it, it takes all that data and creates some some thoughts, some recommendations. Um, what is what are some of the, the the bullet points that would come from Cbiz regarding how does a small business owner kind of move forward uh, in economic uncertain times? You bet. That's that's a great
2: question. And I guess I want to put one point of clarification for your audience, right? So I've been we're we're talking about the tenth largest accounting firm in the nation. But at the end of the day, each and every one of our local market offices operate in the local market, meaning that we're not sort of dictated by New York City's pricing structure or even their, you know, underwriting or their accounting standards. They are to we are to a certain extent with the national with respect to national standards. But my point is, our local accountants, and this should be the same for any local accountants, understand the local market right. and the local marketplace and how to adapt our service service delivery to the local markets. Um, so in that vein the the, the macro strategies that, that can be deployed even in the local market and i'm just going to speak specifically to accounting finance let's call it that because uh you know we could talk and i'm sure you've got programs all over the place about the human capital element of things that's not my expertise uh you know i i'll, I'll defer to others in that vein and i know how hard it is to to hire uh, and keep uh good quality employees uh these days but i would say that the, the the captain obvious component of all of this is cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Regardless of how your individual firm is doing, or the regional economy is doing, or the statewide economy is doing, if you're looking out for number one, you're looking out at you're looking at cash flow and just making sure that you've got enough cash on hand to weather any dip, slowdown, you know, other type of things. Um, the federal government. Is really not hardwired, especially with House divided, literally, to come to the table with another four trillion dollar handout for small business, for businesses that have not yet taken advantage of the programs. Of course, there was the EIDL, there was the PPP one and two, there's a whole slew of other programs that SBDC, I'm sure, you know, helped guide their clients, you know, to 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 and, and access. But the employee retention tax credit is also something that's available to many employers and if you know your audience's accountants have not brought it to them and have not discussed it with them or have not done the back of the envelope calculation they really should now i won't say that it's free money because the federal government is telegraphing daily the IRS is ta- telegraphing daily that they're going to go you know they're going to pay uh, hard attention retrospectively to auditing you know egregious abuses of the program but it does exist And I've gotten myself. I've gotten clients with you know employee counts of thirty employees, et cetera. They got two hundred and thirty thousand dollars back from the government, and it's not something that they have to repay. They have to pay taxes on it, but it is essentially you know a reward system for figuring out how to stay in business. Right. Um, So I would say that the federal programs that are available that you and your team certainly can you know guide clients to, And cash flow, cash flow, cash flow is you know is the issue. Outside of that, if anybody's you know sitting on a whole slew of you know of of ARs that, frankly, they you know their cash flow position is tenuous. There is a lot of money out there that's willing to buy ARs at pretty reasonable rates. I'm not talking you know gouging rates, um, you know, but they're willing to pick it up and uh, and basically take it off your 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 clients, you know, your your audience's right. hands and. And I'm sure everybody knows, but if they don't, it basically just means if you've got $10,000 worth of accounts receivable, somebody might be willing to buy it for 80 cents, you know, on the dollar or 85 cents or something like that. And that just means cash in your hands now. And they, you know, it's up to them to collect.
1: Good advice. Good advice. I like it. Um, All right. So let's move just a little more uh, closer to home uh, right here along the Treasure Coast. You... um, you serve a very important role, and um, and you've been gracious with your time and talents and, and expertise. You serve on the board of directors of the of the Treasure Coast Manufacturers Association, uh, an important organization as as the Treasure Coast market really migrates from an agricultural to really more of an advanced uh, you know manufacturing and and mm-hmm. building economy. So we really very appreciate so. your your service. Um, talk to us a little bit about the TCMA and, and, uh, and your perspective on manufacturing along the Treasure Coast.
2: You bet. Uh, well, I'll give you sort of the, the context for manufacturing. Um, I readily admit, uh, growing up, I didn't have anybody in my life. It's not as if I had an uncle who was in the business or, you know, worked in the, in, in, you know, in the steel mills. I, I guess the closest thing I could come is my grandparents owned a, a diner, a restaurant that was stuck between two steel mills. Um, you know, back in the 40s and 50s. Uh, So that was kind of just even, I was never exposed to it, but just sort of, you know, intellectually exposed to quote unquote manufacturing. I've always just thought of historically, uh, you know, about Team USA and who we are and what we are, you know, who we are and what we are as a nation is as a nation of builders. You know, we built stuff and we, you know, then exported across or, you know, throughout the world. Of course you know, lots of lots of has moved to other you know jurisdictions around the world for different economic reasons. But, you know, the fact of the matter is we still make stuff and the stuff that we make is really good. And, and that's always just been kind of a, a personal point of pride or patriotism or whatever for me. So my uh, affinity and my linkage and alignment to manufacturing has just been kind of at, at the basis of, of, of who I am and what it is that I do. Um, our firm all of the firms that I've worked for over the years uh, have had some capacity and some influence and some investment in the manufacturing sector. So getting to your point, um, why am I on the TCMA board and, and why do I love it? Well, I, I'm going to give you an answer that's kind of juxtaposing against, and I'm, I'm not really not pushing them under the bus, but the South Florida Manufacturers Association is where I really started you know, almost 17 years ago, my manufacturing affiliation and i went to a lot of the networking events and a lot of the programming et cetera, that they did there but what i found was that that association itself had managed to to sort of over the years become very heavily weighted to the vendors and the service provider side uh, meaning that it was you know membership was roughly and the, the events were being attended by roughly 75 80% vendors and only tw- some 25 20 25% manufacturers well as time went on and i Realized, you know what TCMA was up to, and and you know the history and the the power of the growth, you know uh, possibilities in the Treasure Coast. I looked more into it and found out that it was really a home, you know, for me, and it was after my own heart. Now, granted, I readily admit that I'm a vendor and I'm a service provider and whatnot, but it was it was a breath of fresh air to come in and to see that the you know TCMA was so heavily weighted towards serving manufacturers and distributors as opposed to serving, if you want to call it that, you know, vendors and providing vendors with access to manufacturers in the line. I've been involved on the board for three years now, and I dedicated my work and service to simply developing and executing on good programming that is relevant to manufacturers uh, across the, you know, the the, the counties. And You know, it is definitely an iterative process. It is a, uh, you know, try something, learn, try something different, learn, uh, adjust, keep moving on, et cetera, et cetera. But I I think if I'm summing it up, I'm just bullish on what's going on in the economic environment of the Treasure Coast. Uh, The whole section between, you know, let's call it West Palm Beach and Melbourne just has so much potential and opportunity in a controlled and met methodical fashion that isn't like what happened in the tri counties to the South, you know, we're just development and, and, you know, uh, growth is, you know, is the name of the game. Um, I see a, a more, uh, I, I guess I almost call it a Midwestern approach to things, which really resonates for me being originally from Bloomington, Indiana as a Midwestern Hoosier boy at my heart. But, you know, it's just a little bit more of a, of a, a methodical and purposeful way of doing things in business. And there's some amazing companies there. And of course there's companies that are moving there from, you know, all around the country, left and right. The, the, you know, SBD, the, uh, EDC St. Lucie County is doing a great job. You know, the folks up in Indian river, they too are doing a great job. And of course, you know, tip of the hat to the folks at the BDB in Martin County, everybody's really doing their part to celebrate what's going on in yeah. the, um, in the marketplace.
1: Sort an overview of what's going on here in terms of um, of manufacturing across the Treasure Coast. And again, appreciate your efforts uh, as they relate to the TCMA. Let's talk specifically. Now you, um, with your background in business development, you have taken on the role of, of kind of planning the events and all the activities that that take place uh, throughout the year with the TCMA. Give us an example, uh, Jack, of of what the TCMA does in, in effort, in terms of outreach and, and networking, uh, with manufacturers?
2: Yeah, you bet. Um, you know, I can go back to a couple of different things. First, let me, let me give a sort of a, a, just another quick point on the, on the prior answer. It's going to be obvious, right, to, to the entire audience, but the answer with respect to manufacturing is, you know, we, we cover the entire spectrum, right? We've got shops that are, literally two-person shops to groups that have hundreds of employees uh, and everything in between. So we can't necessarily whitewash manufacturing you know, and, and just sort of give it a really simple answer. Now, that actually dovetails really to your question and what the TCMA is all about. And the TCMA does its level best to understand and respect the fact that we do have that continuum of all the different members and membership. I would say that for my part, being on the events committee and having been the chairman of the annual meeting uh, for the last year and this, this upcoming one, you know, our purpose is to showcase and to celebrate the diversity of manufacturing and distribution in the Tri-County marketplace. And in, in doing so, make sure that we are tailoring the programs that we're developing from the human capital standpoint, from the regulatory standpoint, from the business of business standpoint, and then also even just the social and networking standpoint of it all, to link and align businesses that are good fits with each other. Now, does the two-person shop necessarily make a good referral and introduction to the, you know, the the five hundred and eight or the eight hundred employee count manufacturer? I don't know, but it's incumbent, you know, upon us to actually ask that question and to see how we might be able to sort of introduce each other. We've got members who didn't even know about each other and did business with one another. We've got members who have been doing business with each other for 10 years and hadn't seen each other in 10 years and you know through our programming have come back together and sort of, you know, rekindled their relationship and their friendship and the like. We've then got a whole slew of let's call it new prospective members who frankly don't even know that we exist and that's simply because we don't have a huge marketing budget and we don't do a lot of different stuff the stuff that we do is very purposeful and very targeted and very you know focused on de- it's it's cliche but delivering value to those different constituencies and that's where i think the TCMA is trying to do and is doing a much better job than you know some of the groups to the south that you know that what we do is purposeful and targeted to the groups that we're working with
1: you know, one of the things I I talk to small business owners about is always, you know, being a part of your professional association. And, and I, you hit on a couple of aspects too. I mean, you don't know what's out there if if you're not networking and involved. There, right? You know, as you say, as you mentioned earlier, supply chain issues. Well, you there might be someone, another business uh, who could be. Uh, right there uh, in the area in, in the marketplace that could could solve a supply chain issue for you Absolutely. if you knew they were there that's right so
2: our, our clients our constituents are busy running their business they're dead dog tired right. you know they're up right. at four o'clock in the morning and sometimes they're there till 10 o'clock at night so right. it is up to us to try and help introduce them to you know I, I've got this phrase that I kind of stole from Don Rumsfeld you know what don't I know that I don't know that I need to know <sighs> Right. Well, (laughs) there's there's that kind of stuff out there. And so we just try to do the best that we can to to, to make membership uh, aware of different programs and opportunities that are out there, yourselves included. I know this sounds like, you know, I'm patronizing you, but good God, you know, the SBDC does such amazing work on behalf behalf of your constituents and manufacturers in particular with your international programs and all the other stuff that you do, the government programs. And there's just there's just folks that don't know about it. So how do we spread that proverbial good news?
1: Well, and let me tell you something, Jack. You, I, you've heard me say it many times that I spent 25 years in small business ownership and and did not know about the Florida Small Business Development Center and, and wish I had. Um, right they'd have they kicked me out of this organization because I'd have been here every day. Uh so you're you're absolutely right. And it, it is so important that uh, that folks that are that are in the manufacturing uh you know market and space, you know, be a part of the TCMA, take advantage of it. Um and and obviously I I think you and I both would would agree it not a real lot not a lot of expense to be part of, of this regional organization. So that's right. Um,
2: it's 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 great value for you know for investment and I call it right. that. It really is.
1: Uh Jack, listen, um I appreciate as a, as I always do, you are uh, a big part of the, of the board of directors for the TCMA. You you always give a great monthly update and report about what's going on across the marketplace. I appreciate your time today. I appreciate the update from a macro uh, point of view as you talked about, uh, just in terms of, of economy, uh, national economy, uh, regional economy, and and thoughts on small business and how they address economic uncertainty. And and I certainly appreciate your perspective and insight on uh Treasure Coast Manufacturing and specifically uh the TCMA, our, our regional manufacturing association. Um I look forward to continuing to to network and work with you, Jack.
2: Tom it's been my pleasure. I thank you very much for the invite and uh, I've enjoyed the conversation.
1: Yeah, And and before we before we close just uh, quickly how would somebody get in touch with you and Cbiz? You bet. Uh,
2: well, uh cbiz.com cbiz.com is the website, you know, for us. Of course, it's, you know, proverbial black hole. You can you can get lost in all the rabbit holes that are there. Uh, the easiest way to get in touch with Cbiz is to get in touch with me. And I'll just share my personal mobile, which is the work mobile, which is 561-617-0716. That's 561-617-0716. Anybody can feel free to text me or call me there. Uh, I'm responsive. I'll return calls within you know, 24 hours. And I'll get you pointed in the right direction. I may not have the answer, but I'll find out who does and I'll get back to you.
1: Okay. I like it. And um, for those looking to to get in touch with um, the TCMA, possibly join, find out about the next event, uh, they can find that organization at TCMA MFG. So TCMA uh, and the abbreviation for manufacturing MFG.com. and uh, we'll be happy to connect or you can just call us here at the the SBDC at uh, 772-336 6285. And we'll be happy to connect you uh, to the TCMA. And I know, Jack, there is a uh, 2023 is full of regularly scheduled TCMA events, is it not?
2: It is chock full. We've got, uh, you know, invite people to look at the calendar on that on our website. But just in short order, you know, the folks at Piper Aircraft are going to be kind enough to host a plant tour with us. Uh, in May, that's probably the second week of May. Details are, on the exact date and time to be determined. Uh, that is open and free to the public, you know, to 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 your audience and to TCMA uh, members. Uh, we're also going to be showcasing the new IRSE, uh, you know, campus uh, in July. In uh, September, we're going to be visiting the fine folks at Southeastern Elevator. In October, we're going to have our annual meeting for the TCMA, and in December, the fine folks at a1 Trust have invited us to have a plant tour there, wow. I sprinkled in between all of that. We're going to have you and I, you know, different types of business roundtables with owners and, and the proverbial C-suite of businesses that uh, to talk about various business issues. So yep. we're looking forward to uh, to bring in some great programming and social networking events as well. You know, yep. we did a, a social network at Isla Murata Beer Company. We'll keep doing those kinds of things and, you know, have some fun as well as working.
1: Yes. And again, uh appreciation to you and appreciation to uh the SBDCs, uh Katie Muldoon, um, and Linda Gonzalez and uh, and Dwayne uh Reeve, uh for putting all those events together and organizing all that and, and promoting that. those events.
2: Amen to that. It's yes. a team effort, that's for sure. Yep.
1: Uh, Jack, again, uh, I, I love it. I love always talking to you, getting insight. Uh, I love your perspective on business. And um, and I always learn something. So appreciate your time today, Jack.
2: My pleasure, Tom. Thank you. Uh,
1: it is our very good friend, uh, Jack Chatham, uh, who serves as director for uh, relationship building at uh, CBiz. And um, this is Small Biz Florida. Uh, stay tuned. Always uh, more to come.